Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast is provided by Subchuck Law. Revolution Recap thanks Subchuck Law for their support of our show, local independent media, and their mission of bringing unbiased truth. Another episode of Revolution Recap. We're coming to you after a two to one New England win at DC United. It was a wet and cold night at Audi Field, uh, but the Revolution were able to come back from a one goal deficit, tie the game up on a Gustavo Bo goal, and then take the lead and win the game on a goal by Noel Buck. Uh, it was a great win for the Revolution. We're going to get into it today on the podcast where you have listener questions. We have some other thoughts as well. I'm Tanner Rebello. Joined by me today is Sam Mitten of the Blazing Musket. Sam, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, An interesting win. You know, the Reds were able to, uh, I don't want to say steal victory, but they were able to get it late in the game. A good win. Always love wins on the road. So a lot to talk about and happy to uh, be back on Revolution Recap. Yeah, and don't look now. It's the first place New England Revolution. Yeah, I mean, after the chaos of uh, last season, it's very nice to see New England at the top of uh, the table, top of the standings at the moment. Talking about that, we're going to get right into our key takeaways brought to you by our friends at the Rebellion Supporters Group. Be sure to check them out on Twitter at AnyRebellion and their website at AnyRebellion.org. Sam, what is your key takeaway for this game? I mean, uh, the revolution, the revolution kids, uh, they are all right. They, the revolution are entering their teenage dirtbag phase. I mean, the fact that you had Noel Buck, Jack Penioto, and Esmir Baraktarovich, I hope I didn't butcher that too much, in the starting lineup was already amazing to see, uh, really telling of just how far the revolution have come, that they're able to have this young talent coming up through their system. And now it's not even just that they were there. They also played quite well. Esmir continued to show great skill on the ball and just looking comfortable out there, not afraid to attack opponents and go at defenders. I thought Jack Panioto played well, as played good as well. Uh, overall, that early chance with that flick to uh, Bobby Wood was great. And again, he, it was his first MLS game, first MLS start. Really hard to nitpick and you know say he had a bad performance. I thought he looked great. And obviously, then there's Noel Buck. I think he's now at five starts this season, which I believe equals his tally from last season of appearances or starts. I might be wrong. Uh, but again, getting that goal, getting the 10-point the Buck Selly that he mentioned on MLS Gone Wild, it was just a great night to see the youth of the New England Revolution flourishing. And it'll be interesting to see what Bruce Arena decides to do with them moving forward. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting, Sam, to see the development of the academy and the investment that's gone to the academy in recent years through the residency program, um, through putting the academy under the one roof at the training center, letting the academy players play with Revs 2, signing them to Revs 2, and ultimately promoting them through the homegrown player initiative through Major League Soccer. So it's been great to see the academy um, continue to take strides. I mean, we saw it with Noel Buck, obviously Eshmere, and uh, Jack Panato coming back from uh, Georgetown uh, after playing there for one season. So it's great to see. And 
I think we all kind of knew this was coming this day in terms of seeing the revolution, having homegrown players play for them. Um, Noel Buck, though, has really taken a jump. Uh, you know, physically, you can tell he's really coming to his own. He looks comfortable out there. You can't tell he's 17 years old and going to math class on Monday. Um, you know, really has been impressive. And I, I do want to, I said it a couple weeks ago um, after he'd kind of had a breakout game. And I just encourage everyone to pump the brakes uh, on Noel Buck. And even Eshmir and even Jack, I would just say they're young, they're young players. They're going to have ups and downs. I think you've already seen it this year with Noel where, you know, maybe he had to step back in one of the games, but it's all about getting that experience and growing as a player for these guys and just understanding that they are young. They're going to have their, certainly their downfalls, but, you know, ultimately it is really great to see them perform. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to highlight too, you know, obviously we'll try and pump the brakes, you know, I think especially with them being so young, you don't want to have expectations super high. But I think definitely Noel Buck deserves to be celebrated in the fact that Bruce Arena, you know, just came off the post-game uh, press conference and said through 60 minutes, he was the best player on the pitch. And it's been talked about so much, just the physical maturation he's been able to go to. And he's just becoming a more complete player. So I definitely think, you know, don't want to have expectations too high, but definitely credit to Noel Buck. He, he, he had a great game against uh, DC United. And my key takeaway in this game is actually the substitutions and who came on the field first in this game. It was Josie Altador coming on um, in this game prior to Giacomo Veroni. And I think that's it's really interesting. Uh, we've talked about on this podcast a lot with Veroni, um, you know, playing off the bench, coming off the bench, not getting a ton of minutes, uh, really struggling to come into his own here with the revolution. But I, I think it was really interesting to see Altador come in before Veroni in this game. I think Veroni continues to struggle to get on the field, and we see it. Altador has struggled to get on the field up until now. Um, but with Veroni, he's not really taking those steps forward in getting on the field and having success with the team. Um, and it gets more and more concerning, Sam. I don't know what you think about Veroni at this point. Yeah, I mean, I actually asked Bruce about that after the game, just basically you know, the decision to bring Josie off first and just what he saw from him. And, you know, he gave glowing remarks and even talking to Dewan Jones too. He said that Josie really gave them a spark off the bench. So we'll be interesting to see how that goes. I personally was definitely a little bit, you know, shocked, a bit surprised to see Josie come on in favor of Veroni. I think it's telling, but I think at some point you're going to have to get your DP striker on the field. Just continuing to have him on the bench isn't a great look. And I know, I think it was uh, the Houston, not the Houston game. I forget what game it was, but one of the more recent games, Bruce said that Giacomo is just a player like everyone else. The the label doesn't mean anything. He has to earn his spot. But from the outside looking in, having your DP striker coming off the bench and we're now five, six games in the season, it's not the best look. And, you know, whether it be Gustavo Bo continuing to age, you know, eventually possibly heading to Argentina, whether it be losing players like Jorge Petrovic, or DeLon Jones, you're going to need a guy like Giacomo Veroni to start performing well, getting to that starting 11 and scoring goals. So I think it's quite telling, especially bringing him on so late in the game. It's really hard for him to build momentum and kind of show what he's capable of. Uh, obviously, you want to get the goal, so you brought him in late, but he didn't really get a large opportunity to show what he can do on the field. And then we saw Nobuck at the goal, so I guess it worked out. But... It's going to be really interesting to see what how Bruce Arena handles this, you know, having the DP striker on the bench because, you know, Bobby Wood has played quite well. Obviously, Gustavo Bo is now your leading scorer, so shout out to him. Uh, 
but it's a real rough look seeing Giacomo Veroni continue to come off the bench. I understand it's a month into the season. Ideally, I think we'd like to see him in the starting 11. Yeah, I think it's really, really difficult for him to come into form or prove himself in a five-minute run out or sort of the limited minutes that he's getting. This isn't new from Bruce Arena. Obviously, with Adam Buxa, there was a period of time where he was coming off the bench early in his tenure, and he was able to figure it out, was able to score goals. Veroni's a different player than Buxa, um, completely different player. And I know it's easy to say, well, he's going to score one goal, and all of a sudden he's going to figure it out. But he's not getting that opportunity at this time to really do that. He's not being put in the position to, to have that success. And I think with Altidore, you know, there is that pedigree there. He has had success in Major League Soccer. Obviously, Bruce knows him really, really well. There is a, uh, a high salary figure that comes with Altidore. How much are the Revs paying versus Toronto? We don't really know what that share is at this point. But, you know, when I saw that they were bringing back Altidore for this season, a lot of things ran through my mind. Um, but I, I think ultimately Bruce wanted to give him another opportunity. Um, and I think that's why he's here. So, I was not shocked to see Altidore get minutes. I think if he's here, you have to find ways to get him on the field. I think one of the issues the Revolution have right now is they have too many strikers between Gustavo, between Bobby Wood, with Altidore. You also have Renix, you have Veroni. So th there's a lot of players that can play similar positions at this point for them. And, and they're just going to have to figure out what works and what doesn't work. I know the big conversation with Gustavo has been where is he plays his best position on the wing or is it as a striker? Um, and I think at this point it is as a striker, you know, he's having success right now. Um, you know, that ball that Carlos Hill played to him was beautiful, but you just look at the reception that Gustavo had and the way he played it in. It's just, it's so smart and he's the best option up top right now for this team. Um, I don't know if him and Veroni complement each other. And I think that's what they're going to have to figure out. Is it Bobby Wood? Or is it Altidore? And I actually, in the back of my head, I do think Altidore is the better one-two combo with Gustavo. Um, it's just something they're going to have to work out. And if it's not Veroni, you're going to have to make a decision because that designated player slot is valuable. It is a commodity in Major League Soccer. You don't have a lot of them. You have three of them. So, yeah, he has to earn his spot like every other player. And it's fair for Bruce to say that because I think it's true. But at some point, you may want to use that DP on another position on your roster. And I think the longer this goes on, the sooner you might have to make that decision. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of talking about that DP spot, obviously we saw improvements in the midfield. Uh, you know, now we're at a point, obviously it's kind of due to injury, but Tommy McNamara, I would imagine is going to see a lot of time off the bench compared to starting. There also were improvements in the back line. You brought in Dave Romney, and that moves uh, looked quite well. So there was times where you thought, oh, maybe you could go the DP center back route, or you could go DP midfielder. And that still could be the case, obviously. You know, you have these talented players, but there's the possibility that now European teams could come calling if they're continuing to play that well. Obviously, it's very early. I'm partially saying this because I just saw a quote from Charles uh, Baum, uh, who was down in D.C., who said he talked with Noel Buck and – Buck mentioned he has a UK passport and he could go now if he wanted to. Uh, so that's quite interesting. Uh, but I definitely think you're going to have to get Giacomo Veroni out there at some point and just give him a run out so that he can prove if, you know, he's capable, if he's going to be that striker you can rely on. Because if you just give him these five minute outings, it's really hard for, to expect him to all of a sudden turn on the Jets, score a late goal and really prove that he should be starting. Yeah, that's you know it's it's interesting that uh, 
Noel Buck has the UK passport. I think we hear about all all players at this point, and it's really smart for um, a young player to have that opportunity because it, it's not hard to envision a player like Noel Buck getting that kind of opportunity. He is so young, and the fact that he is showing, you know this level of skill in major league soccer, it's easy to envision a player like him being moved on overseas. Um, you know, it's a good problem to have for the revolution because major league soccer is becoming a selling league and it's good that the revolution are sort of getting a footing in that, um, in, in doing a homegrown, uh, player transferring them overseas is that next step. Cause they've done the, to John Buchanan did the Matt Turner. So now it's, you know, can you sell a homegrown player now to Europe? So it's a, it's a good thing to have. Yeah, and you know, also too, just this offseason, there was the possibility of Buck training with someone like the Tottenham Spurs, which would have been absolutely amazing for him. But obviously, that broke down. We had Esmir Baratarovic go over to AZ Alkmaar. So these European teams are kind of sniffing around these young players, and obviously, the Revolution have been able to make a name for themselves in this international transfer market. So obviously, it's just the interesting quandary of being able to sell these players to big clubs and being able to market that to players you want to acquire, but also it could affect the talent that you're able to put out. It's just that that balance you have to strike, uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with Giacomo Veroni and obviously just how these young players are going to be able to possibly maintain uh, this level of play that they've kind of been able to start off with. Before we uh, started recording this podcast, Sam, I had this, you had said something about, you know, writing your recaps and, changing it the last second because the way the the game ended up playing out. Right. And I think it was something that went through my mind was thinking about 2021 and the success the revolution had in winning late in games. Um, and, you know, it's a trade of a great team and they were able to do it against this DC United team, which on the road, which I thought was most impressive. And then the prior game against Nashville, to Gustavo Bo in the 52nd minute. So these are back-to-back games with the revolution found the winning goal in the second half. Um, and one goal wins. And, you know, it's an important trait uh, to be able to win these one goal games. This was something that happened a lot in 2021. A lot of these one goal wins. Um, and it's good to see this team, at least at this point in the season, having that same success. Yeah. And I think it's something that we've noticed, you know, whether it be coaches like Richie Williams, I think even Bruce Arena said it, and as well as players. There were games last year that we saw where the Revs were unable to squeak out wins or unable to kind of almost steal wins. You know, when it came down to having ties, it would usually go the other way. They would give up a goal and they would, you know, lose the three points. In 2021, no matter the circumstances, no matter the time left, they were able to somehow squeeze out, steal these wins. So even, you know, joking in the media chat, I'm like, this is a 2021-esque win. Obviously, I don't. No, and I wouldn't uh, say that I think the Rebs are going to go out and win the Supporter Shield right now. You know, it's a possibility, but I'm not ready to say that just yet. But just being able to pull out these wins in recent games and also just able to secure wins and not have wins turn into draws or draws turn, draws turn into losses, I think it's a key factor. And we're starting to see that this team is able to find ways to win. And when it comes down to how close uh, the Eastern Conference can be. A lot of talented teams. Obviously, the playoffs have been expanded, but you know every point matters. So I think the fact that this team is able to pull out wins is really you know, promising. It's what you want to see from a team and also shows that they could be a contender in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it's, it's obviously March 25th. Um, yes, they're in first place, but it, it's really just like the, the bedrock, right, of what you're building 
your team on. And, you know, having these wins builds confidence. Um, it shows so poise and grit. There were some sketchy moments in this game. I don't want to say there wasn't. Uh, there were some goal line stands. There were some goal line deflections. Uh, Petrovic came up huge on a couple moments. So, it, you know, it was hairy at points in this game, but they were able to see out the result. Um, so it's a good sign and it's a good building block going forward for the team. Um, before we jump into listener questions, I wanted to take a minute to talk about the sponsor of this podcast, Glosso Kits. Glosso Kits is the go-to place to get unique vintage jerseys to your home. The passion of the beautiful game does not have borders and neither does their selection. And if you head to GlossoKits.com today, you can get 15% off your order. 15%, guys. It's basically free, but it's 50% off. It's Use the code REVSRECAP. That's REVSRECAP at checkout to get 15% off your order. They're basically giving it away. It's 15% off if you use the code REVSRECAP at GlossoKits.com. You got to go get your kits. Great supporter of the podcast. We appreciate them sponsoring us. Make sure to support the pod by going to GlossoKits.com. We have a lot of listener questions to get to today, Sam. Let's start off with our friend Randy. He said, all the kids look pretty good. Between them, Pulster and Blessing, who starts next week, assuming everyone is healthy? Well, yeah, I, I think we we found out from Jeff Lemieux that uh, Latif Blessing was cut during uh, Thursday's training session and required stitches, so that's why he didn't travel. Obviously, when it first came out, it was a bit concerning, but glad we were able to get that clarification. I would definitely say that Noel Buck is going to start, and I would probably say the same thing about Matt Polster. I think it does depend on a guy like Dylan Barrero, who's you know on international duty. I believe he has a game coming up. I believe it's during the week. It could be Monday or Tuesday. It could be Sunday. No, it's definitely not Sunday. I believe Monday or Tuesday. So being able to play that game and then come back to New England for a game on Saturday, international travel, uh, there's the possibility that he comes off the bench, I would say. You know, he could start, but definitely early in the season, you don't want to wear your guys out. So I think possibly we could see someone like Esmir Baratarovic, uh, you know, kind of get that start on the wing again. Uh, that's probably who I would go with. I love Jack P, but I think he kind of needs some more maturing, uh, whether it just be coming off the bench or, you know, possibly getting minutes with reps too. Definitely a promising performance. Uh, but if I have to give my guess right now, Definitely Noel Buck, and I think we could see Esmir get another start out there. Yeah, I think Noel Buck at this point is pretty much penciled into the starting lineup. Um, it's been like that for the last five games, and it's going to continue to be that way. I think Carlos' status, um, you know, whether or not he can start next week, obviously Latif Blessing, and like you mentioned, Dylan Barrero too. I think you know maybe you see Barrero up top instead of Bobby Wood. Um but I think out of the youngsters specifically, I'd imagine Noel's going to start and, you know, maybe Eschmer is off the bench or Jack P's off the bench. But we also have to note that Revs too, their season starts tomorrow as well. So you're going to have some young min- uh, minutes for younger players that way as well, too, if Bruce is just looking to get players more minutes. Um, next question, we have uh, John Plinkenton on Twitter. He said, what were your thoughts on Bobby Wood tonight? He kind of feels like a Teal Bunbury to me right now. Yeah, I mean, when it, when it comes to Bobby Wood, I think he just has solid hold-up play. I was impressed, though. I think it was either early in the second half or late in the first. He was able to kind of skirt by a defender, showed some good moves. But I, I think ideally he's someone you'd want to come off the bench. Again, you would want someone like Giacomo Veroni to be getting the start. But I think for the season so far, 
He's been quite impressive. You have to be happy with his play. Seems like he just has that high motor, that work rate, like you mentioned, someone like Teal Bunbury. Uh, so I thought it was a solid performance. Uh, definitely wasn't anything amazing. He put the work in, but you know, being able to have someone like Gustavo Bo, he was just able to all of a sudden turn it on and get that goal. And I think ideally you would want Jacopo Veroni beside him. But again, can't fault Bobby Wood for his performance. Hardworking guy, and you know he was able to put in a solid shift uh, this game. Yeah, I think Teal Bunbury is the perfect comp for Bobby Wood in terms of role on this team. Uh, Bobby Wood brings you know veteran experience. I think off the bench, like you said, that's probably where he should be uh, if all things go according to plan. Obviously, you still have Altidore out there too, um, but I think the Revolution really since Teal left, they needed that veteran forward off the bench that could come in provide that high work rate and potentially put one in the back of the net. And I think Bobby Wood fits that for them. Um, you know, I expectations. I think the one thing to note with Bobby Wood is we don't really know what his salary hit's going to be. So that could ultimately determine some of the overall thoughts on him if it's a high wage bill. But at this point in time, it looks like it was a home run acquisition by Bruce Arena to bring in Bobby Wood. Next one, we got uh, Jake Catanese from the uh, Blazing Musket. Scale of 1 to 10, rate the any revs level of thievery you may substitute actual levels of misdemeanor larceny felony robbery but not calling the work number level thievery uh i'll give it a seven here how about you sam i think it's interesting because especially at the beginning of the game you're like the revs should have entered halftime uh up a goal like they should have had a lead they really at the end of the half they they just turned it off. Uh, I think Benteke got behind Henry Kessler. There was some poor defending. And it seemed like all the momentum was going DC's way. Then the second half, it's a completely different story. The Reds are just able to fight back. So uh, to to use Jake's terminology, I'd probably label this a misdemeanor. I wouldn't. Definitely not a felony. Definitely not felony grand theft auto of any sorts. But I definitely do think they were just able to turn it up. And especially late in the game, that null buckle just came out of nowhere, bouncing off uh, some defenders, weird kind of deflection. So there, there was some level of thievery, nothing crazy though. So I'd probably label it a misdemeanor. Yeah, I, you know, in the first half, there was certainly some, the revolution were the better of the two teams. I think there's some really excellent scoring opportunities. But like you said, in the second half, it really felt like it went DC's way um, at times. There was some moments there at the end where they very well could have conceded a goal. So definitely some thievery on the Revolution's part in this game. Uh, we have Chris Falukas, uh, Rev's recap host, uh, who was on the pod. He had his return uh, last week, along with uh, he was alongside Greg Johnstone for that. He said, uh, Buck displayed his 10-point Buck Sally today. Obviously, he was inspired by MLS Gone Wild. Uh, with Jack P. and Eshmere, there are two more young guys to influence. Who are we targeting, and what Sally are we pitching? I mean, first off, Let's just talk about Sully. Great Sully. Uh, so always love to see great celebrations. I just remember Tejon Buchanan uh, with the backflips. Absolutely amazing. You have Dewan Jones with the Naruto run. Uh, but I'm just going to take this point to highlight Esmir Baraktarovic and just in the sense that, one, had a great game. Uh, I've just been really impressed with his ability just to exude confidence. I remember, I think it was his first game, he nutmegged the defender and went right by them. And he just continues to show that great skill uh, that we saw in that moment. And I think it's why a club like AZ Alkmaar was looking at him. So again, another solid performance. 
uh, from Esmir. I do want to point out, if we're talking celebrations, Chris, I'm not going to lie. Don't know if I exactly understand your question, but if this is what you want, I got it for you. I noticed that Esmir just has Esmir on the back of his shirt. One, very cool. So uh, shout out to him. I would love to know the story behind that. Maybe it's just because you can't fit Baraktarovich. But no matter what, if you just have one name and it's not your last name on your shirt, very cool. So I think you could have the classic point to the back. You know, might be a little too showy. Bruce and I might not like it, but I think that would be a quality selly. Yeah, I, I'm not going to even come up with the uh, selly <laughs> proposal. But what are your thoughts on Carlos Hill having his full name on the back? I think it's cool. I think it's definitely necessary. I feel so bad whenever I tweet stuff that's mostly about Carlos and I just tweet heel. And so like Nacho is on the team. I need to differentiate. Uh, so I definitely think with Nacho on the team, uh, it's nice. You know, you could have to see, but I think Carlos heel just hits different. Uh, so definitely nice to see that. I have to remember what Nacho wore. If he just went and heel, it would be cool just to have Nacho. That would be pretty cool. So I don't know if they printed the kits yet, but Nacho, if you hear this, maybe just go Nacho. <laughs> yeah, I think with the longer player name, sometimes you get the bent back. If you ever seen like on a baseball jersey, when you have a long name, it, they curve the last name and they make the print smaller. So I think on Eshmir's part, very smart to just go with Eshmir. Yeah, shout out Jared Sotolamakia, best jersey ever. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah, he is definitely bent on the back. Uh, we have a question from Always Away Days. Says, do we feel like we're monitoring Carlos's time? So when it comes down to the second half of the season, leading into the playoffs, he isn't burned out. I do think that's an interesting point. Obviously, there's been, especially last season and prior seasons, the Revs have really relied on Carlos Heel. I do think these last two weeks, it's pretty much been the, due to injury, and him just kind of having. I believe Seth report Seth McCumber, Blazing Musket, reported that it was a hamstring issue. So I would say right now it's more. Being careful, especially uh, down in D.C., the turf did not look great. And there, it looked like there was some participation as well, precipitation as well, too. So it was definitely a sort of a risk to bring him on, but I think bringing him on off the bench was a much smarter decision than playing him for however many minutes in the starting 11. But it will be interesting to see now that you do have this depth, you have these youngsters, you know, you have a Dylan Barrero, how Bruce manages the minutes, but I do think, this team's going to go all out. I don't necessarily think we're going to see Carlos Heel dealing with load management. I, I think you're going to see a lot more of Carlos. It's just right now dealing with that hamstring injury. It can be, you know, a real problem. We talked with Andrew Farrell and he said there were so many times he dealt with something similar this preseason and he wanted to come back, came back and ended up re-aggravating it. So with these hamstring injuries, you can feel good, but you really have to take the time to rest. So I think, when it comes down to Carlos, it's taking care of that injury. But once he's 100% ready to go, the Reds are going to continue to, to throw him out there because he's one of the best players in MLS. Yeah, I think you can't put a star player in bubble wrap. You know, I, I don't think you can have it take it easy or tell them to take it easy because that kind of takes away from their greatness, right? It takes away from their ability to execute at the highest level. So, you know, I think it's smart to sort of manage Carlos's minutes in the sense that, okay, you don't start him tonight. Uh, I think we have a question from someone else on the on the field quality there. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but the field quality obviously wasn't great down there in DC. Um, so I think it was very smart. When Carlos came on the field, though, I was 
I was like, ah, maybe do you want to play him in this situation given the weather, you know, given the field? Um, but obviously serves up uh, basically a, a goal on a platter there for Gustavo Bo. Um, immediately ties the game within like a minute of coming on the field. So clearly the right move um, by Bruce Arena. I don't think you can, like I said, tell Carlos to take it easy. The only thing you can do is, hey, you're a little banged up. All right, we'll have you off the bench today. Um so when he's out in the field, he's going 100%. But yeah, there could be some minutes restrictions, I think, which would be perfectly fine. Um, but I don't think he's the kind of player that wants to sit on the bench. So uh, we have a, another question from uh, Steve McGrogan. Um, he did ask about Altidore and Veroni, but we already covered that. Uh, but he asked, are we happy with Josie's contributions in this game? And is he doing what is expected of him? I mean, I think that's kind of a loaded question in the sense that he's obviously making quite a ton of money in terms of the amount he's getting paid by Toronto and the amount he's being paid by the Revs. Uh, but I think ideally you want someone like Josie coming off the bench, kind of similar to Bobby Wood, you know, being able to have high energy. Obviously, he's a physical guy, just able to wear down defenders. And I think if you're looking at that, he really did his job. Like I said before, Bruce Reno was happy with him. DeWan Jones was happy with him. So I think overall it was a good performance from Josie. I don't think he'll be on SportsCenter or anything like that, but I think he did what Bruce Reno wanted him to do and you know what was expected of him. And it's going to be real interesting to see how it goes in the sense how he continues to get minutes. I think, again, ideally he would be coming off the bench, but – don't think you can really fault Josie for his performance. He did what was asked. He, you know, obviously we'd love to start seeing him uh, banging goals left and right, but if he's able to wear down defenders, kind of open things up for someone like Gustavo Bo or Carlos Heel or whoever is on the attack, you should be happy with what he's able to do. Yeah, I think, you know, Josie did his job in this game. Um, drew some fouls. You know, he was fine. Uh, he did what was needed of him. I think it's very difficult for him in this situation, um, you know, at this stage in his career, I don't think he's particularly happy coming off the bench and who would be, um, I just think he needs more minutes, right? He needs more minutes to figure it out, um, to figure out what his role is on this team. Um, but I think, like I said earlier, the striker group is just a little overcrowded at this moment. Um, they can't even find a place for Giacomo Veroni right now. So out the door, certainly in that group, I think in terms of his performance in this game, he did fine. We have a, uh, a Dolan question here. We actually have two. Uh, it says, now that we are all ref refreshed on how it looks, what's the opinion on Audi Field hosting the All-Star game? Uh, I'm just going to use this as a platform, uh, if you don't mind, Tanner. So uh, purchase tickets uh, for the TB the Blazing Musket trip to the All-Star game. And I'm not going to blame this completely on Ticketmaster. I'm probably going to blame it 99.9% .9 on Ticketmaster. Prices were absolutely absurd. I mean, we're talking resellers, $600 for, like, upper-level seats. And it, it was just berserk. Uh, shout out to a different uh, platform where I was able to buy tickets, and I did not have to sell my kidney. Uh, but, yeah, it will be interesting to see how it goes. I've, I'll pivot into talking about how the turf didn't exactly look great. It also kind of seemed crowded on the sidelines. I know Dolan uh, is probably worried about how that will be for his photos. Uh, but it will be interesting to see. Obviously happy to see our boy Matt Turner make his return. We'd see Wayne Rooney coach the MLS All-Stars. A lot of star-studded talent. Uh, but it'll be interesting, 
it'll be interesting to see how the field holds up. Obviously, you have an NWSL team, MLS team, and XFL team. So I think it will be interesting, uh, but I just wanted to point out that Ticketmaster uh, is not the best platform, and maybe MLS should have looked for someone else besides people who are absolutely rocketing, skyrocketing ticket prices uh, for the consumer. Uh, but I hope that answers Dolan's question, but maybe I just wanted to go on a personal diatribe. Yeah, I'd agree on Ticketmaster unless they want to sponsor an episode of Revolution Same. Recap. If they want to sponsor and that, the and- or Revolution Recap, I think Ticketmaster is best. Exactly. So until you sponsor us, Ticketmaster, you are the worst. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the field looked awful. Uh, it really looked bad. And especially with the workload that's going to be on that field, like you mentioned, I can't imagine it getting any better, especially when you play f- like, I won't call it, you know, American football. When you play American football on a field, on a grass field, it's going to tear it up. Um, it's going to get really, really messy. It's going to be very hard to maintain throughout the you know the coming months. So I imagine that field's going to get worse and worse throughout. I love Washington, D.C. It's a great city, uh, great food, love to walk around. Um, but that field is rough. Um, you know, I'm not a proponent of artificial turf, uh, but I think that field might need it. Um, yeah. And I'm excited for the All-Star game. <laughs> uh, we have... Asher Blake on Twitter saying, I know it's a bit early, but how committed to the Open Cup could this team be? Do you see us going all in and try for a finals run, or do we arrest people for the regular season and just focus on the postseason? Just wanted to get some thoughts on the Open Cup, and is it worth it? Yeah, I mean, we got Bruce Arena leading this team, so I don't know how far or how intense they will be in the tournament. But again, Bruce Arena is now playing the kids. Excuse me. So now we're seeing, uh, you know, maybe a little change from Bruce, but I would not expect uh, an intense uh, side being put out in the U.S. Open Cup. I think Bruce Reno wants to bring an MLS Cup to New England. It's kind of the one thing left on his checklist of amazing accomplishments to do. So I wouldn't expect too much. Maybe Leeds Cup could provide the opportunity for the Reds to kind of sort of go all out. Uh but as great as the U.S. Open Cup is, I don't expect a Bruce Arena-led team to go all out for that trophy. Yeah, I'd be very, very, very shocked if Bruce Arena went all out for that trophy because um, he didn't go all out for champions. So I don't know. I, I just feel like he's going to, I wouldn't say mail it in, but you you have the depth now um, to maybe start Giacomo Veroni in that game or you know give Justin Reddix or some of these younger players a shot in that game. Um so I think they have the depth to be competitive in Open Cup. Um, I think it would be a mistake to play Carlos Hill or Gustavo Bo in that game or even Jordi Petrovic. I think you know you rest some of your key players, um, and then you see how you do. You see how far you can go with you know maybe Altidore as your starting striker, right? You just see and play it out. Um, and if you get into the position where hey, if you win this, you're in the U.S. Open Cup final, maybe you start Carlos Hill in that position. Um, but I think at this time, like. I, I couldn't imagine Bruce taking it very seriously other than an opportunity to give minutes to other players. But yeah, situationally, if you get in the position where, Hey, you win this game and then you have a chance to lift the trophy, then I could see him going all out. Yeah. And you know, we've been talking about it. Giacomo Veroni struggling to get minutes. This could be that opportunity. You know, usually you wouldn't want your DP striker going out there. Like you mentioned, Gustavo Bo, Carlos Hill probably don't want them going all out in those games, but with, a guy like Giacomo Veroni struggling to get minutes. Hopefully that is solved soon, but if it isn't, 
using the U.S. Open Cup as a way to get him minutes could, you know, be beneficial to the team. Yeah, absolutely, especially if you can't get it in MLS play. <laughs> Uh, but I think the Revolution could be in a tough spot if they're relying on U.S. Open Cup to get Veroni minutes. Uh, we have a question from uh, Hussam Kouif. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. Sorry to anyone's name that I've mispronounced today on the show. Um, do you think Arena is convinced now that Altator's first appearance of the season should be his last as well? Oof. I mean, I, I would say no. That's probably not the case. I would expect more Josie Altador. Not in the sense that he'll be starting games or whatever it may be, but he's going to be a presence off the bench. He's going to be, you know, in presence in games for the U.S. Open Cup, like we just mentioned. He's going to continue to get runouts, especially if Giacomo Veroni continues to not get minutes. So, yeah, I, I would expect to see more Josie Altador. Maybe he will surprise us all and we'll start to see some goals. And that would be great. I would love to see that. Uh, but definitely wouldn't expect uh, Josie Altador to just not play anymore. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think the team has invested too much time and money to just walk away from Josie Altador after you know twenty minutes against DC United. Uh, I would also continue to kind of restate like I think they just have too many strikers and too many like-minded players at the top there, and I don't know how Altador slots in. Um, yeah, I think off the bench though, if you have Josie Altador coming in, that's that's a pretty good weapon to have. So. I don't think they're moving on from him. I don't think they can really move that contract. Maybe they can find a loan like they did last year. Um, but yeah, you know, at this point they're kind of stuck with him and have to, to see what you have in him. So you got to give him the opportunity and you got to play him to do that. We have a question from Tim on Twitter. He said he had a couple different things that we've talked about already. Um, but he said, what's our best 11, assuming that Veroni does find his form. Oh, there's that a lot is, there. That That's is. a hard one. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think the big question is once Andrew Farrell reaches full fitness, do we see Bruce transition to maybe a three-center back back line? I don't know if we see that. So just based off what we know right now, I will, and hopefully Giacomo Veroni is able to find his footing, I think you do have someone like Veroni and Bo up top. I think you have Dylan Barrero, Polster, uh, Carlos Heel. And I'll, I'll give the nod to Latif. Actually, I don't know. I really want to put Noel Buck in the starting 11. I think you get Noel Buck into the starting 11. I'll say that. No Apologies to Latif Blessing. Uh, but I think you kind of have those guys in the midfield. And then the back line is the back line that it is with George Petrovic and Net. I think. You know, I, I wrote that there was definitely some struggles uh, for the back line. You had it in the first goal and just it's kind of some sloppy play. You saw it too against LAFC, but it's really hard to be too... A harsh scene that it is LAFC, and they're just so talented and so overpowered. Uh, but I, I think really this back line, we should expect to see a lot of it. And you know, maybe Andrew Farrell comes off the bench, but I think it could be difficult for him to find minutes. And it'll be interesting to see just how Bruce Arena handles Andrew Farrell because obviously he's been with the club for so long, been such a crucial piece of that back line. To all of a sudden see him just go to the bench would be. Quite interesting and interesting to see how Farrell handles it and just overall how the team handles it. Uh, so I definitely think that the back line and Petrovic, you suspect to see them. Hopefully we start to see Giacomo Veroni and Bo up top. And that midfield is going to be really interesting to see just how Bruce handles the young kids as well as guys like Latif Blessing who's come in and obviously a veteran like Matt Polster. Yeah, I think it's very difficult and it's been difficult 
I think since the season started to really project what this team looks like at their best. I think you have to assume that Veroni and Bo are in the lineup. So is Carlos Hill, Dylan Barrero, Matt Polster, Brandon Bay, Dewan Jones, Jordy Petrovich. Uh, and that's really the only locks here, right? You have an old buck. Uh, and then obviously the center backs too, Latif Blessing. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. Uh, I think the center back group is interesting. I still have a hard time envisioning them going to three center backs. Um, a really hard time envisioning that. I think Henry Kessler has proven this year um, that he has taken that step forward. I think he, he's looked good for the most part. I think he's outplayed Dave Romney overall as well. Uh, I think Dave Romney has been fine too. Um, don't get me wrong, but I think Kessler just outplayed him. So I think the question is, is it Farrell or Romney at this point? And obviously Farrell has a long history of being available for this club, being a fan favorite, uh, you know, and playing at a high level as well and having a good combination with Henry Kessler. Uh, but that being said, Dave Romney is a very good center back too. So it, it's all good problems to have for Bruce arena. Um, you have three starting center backs for two positions and I don't think they're going to three center backs. So it's interesting. Then you look in the midfield and no bucks played very well. I think it's very difficult to sit no buck at this point, Matt Pulser as well. I think when Tommy Matt comes back, he's going to be you know, coming off the bench. But Latif Blessing is a very talented player in pockets this year. He's looked very good. Uh, we know he's a talented player. I, I just don't know where he fits in this. Um, and, and does no buck slide back because he is 17 years old, which is perfectly fine for him to take to come off the bench. So we don't know. <laughs> we yeah, can give we, our we, thoughts. We know nothing. We know nothing, you know, it, it, and Bruce will tell us that he knows nothing too. So <laughs> I think it's, it's one long, of those things long that season, yeah. long, season. long season, there's going to be injuries. Things are going to happen. Play will improve. Play will decline for certain players and things just tend to shake out. Not everyone's going to be available for each match. So the best 11 changes every week, in my opinion, and it always has, it, it always going to depend on who you're playing and where you're playing and what the environment is. So the best 11 always changes. I know that doesn't really answer the question and it's kind of dancing around it. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> on any we, tried we tried. We, we tried. Uh, that is all the listener questions we had today. Thank you for everyone that submitted a listener question. I apologize again if I butchered anyone's name. Um, names are hard, Sam. Hey, you know, the people on Apple TV called Noel Buck Noah Buck. So I think we should send some grace to you, Tanner. Uh, I think I'll get a pass then. <laughs> um, where can people find you, Sam? Where can they yeah, follow so you? You can definitely follow all the work at the Blazing Musket. You know, definitely check us out at our website, www.theblazingmusket.com. And also, too, follow the Blazing Musket on Twitter at Blazing Musket. You can follow myself at Sam underscore Minton22 on Twitter. And you can also. You know what? Just follow me on Twitter. You don't need to follow me on Instagram. Uh, but we do have a Blazing Musket Instagram, so definitely make sure to check us out there. Dolan is posting all of his photos there. Uh, and once again, Tanner, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be on Revolution Recap. Uh, hopefully, once again, we can chop it up, maybe with Greg, maybe with Sean as well, too. Uh, but always uh, happy to be on Revolution Recap. Yeah, it was great to have you, Sam. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Tara Bello. Of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Revolution Recap. Please rate and review us on iTunes. And in fact, unrate us, unsubscribe to us, and then resubscribe and re-rate on us. Give us that five star. It helps us out a lot. Everything helps us. Comments, 
follow us on Twitter. Like it, it all is great. Uh, also listen to us on Spotify, any other place you listen to podcasts. Cause it's not just iTunes. I know everyone listens everywhere. Make sure to check out our friends at the blazing musket, as well as my revolution notebook. I will have one for this week. I'm breaking down all my thoughts, additional thoughts that you couldn't just get here on the podcast. So make sure to check that out as well. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after the New York city FC game with another podcast.